Welcome to the Pain-Free Zone. Your host, Nisi Edwards, is founder of the Fibro Patient Education and Support Organization, and she's here to offer help and hope to the millions of individuals who suffer from chronic pain. Now, here's Nisi Edwards. Welcome, everyone. This is Nisi Edwards. I am your host of the Pain-Free Zone. On today's show, we are discussing conscious language and healing integrity and agreements. We each make and choose. It's all energy. So, what is it all about? It's a very fascinating topic. And to learn more or less, welcome Michael Carmen. Michael is a psychotherapist, certified Eden Energy practitioner, and instructor of Eden Energy Medicine classes, and author of Create Energy, Co-Creating Your Life with Conscience Intentions, Balance and Simplicity. She is also a certified equine assistant learning professional and has run businesses with horses and mules, including Horse Wisdom for Wellness and Spirit Riders Wagon Train Adventures. Welcome, Michael. Good morning, Nisi. Happy to be here. Thank you. I'm so happy that you're here with me. Well, me too. You're in <laughs> Illinois, and I'm in the greatest state in the Union, Wyoming. <laughs> Glad to hear that, Michael. <laughs> Absolutely. Blue skies, wide open spaces, and antelope running across the prairie this morning. You know, I need to be there with my camera enjoying all of that, like we previously discussed. You really do. You absolutely do, and you know you're welcome at any time. And as you well know, we're planning a great healing retreat. Yes, we uh, are. from now. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. So excited. And, you know, this topic of conscious language and healing integrity and agreements is all about energy is what is all about. So, Michael, um, we're, high, we're hardwired for wellness, and um, I learned that from you, and that healing does not have to be complicated. How and why is that possible? Well, you just said it, and I've been saying it for almost 30 years. Healing is not complicated, and we are hardwired for wellness. So you look at different cultures, indigenous cultures specifically, and how they live. One, they live very simply. There's not a lot of stress in their lives, and in the work you and I have both done uh, for many, many years, stress is the culprit. Uh, then you go to food and nutrition, and what do these uh, different cultures eat? They, they eat great, non-toxic, organic food. Secondly, they, they choose to live in a, uh, in a way with voluntary simplicity that creates community and family and sitting around the hearth and meals. Last night I had some beautiful guests, and I was cooking, and they were eating and laughing and, and enjoying good wine. Think about that ritual of eating, and there's no television, there's no computer, and that simple, beautiful thing of partaking of good food and enjoying each other's company. That's a healing thing. And how many people, it's a TV dinner, it's a fast food, let's get a burger, it's on the run, everybody's got their thumbs on their uh, smartphones. That's and, so and very so true. All, yes. Yeah, and so that all contributes, just the simple thing of eating is not eating anymore. So and Michael. So when you look at, in terms of energy, that's what it's all about. Yes. So when you mentioned um, organic food, simplicity, the ritual of eating, what came to my mind is the number of families who no longer sit down to have a meal together. That's it. You know, they're so hardwired for all these various frequencies and all of these various technologies. Um, no longer is there conscious eating. And um, you're exactly right. Yes. And it's sad because I remember uh, I'm from. Um, Northwest Indiana, I was born and raised in Gary, Indiana. And when we were kids growing up, we always had a meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we ate together. And Sunday after church was always a big meal. The dinner table was our gathering place, you know, where we got together and we just talked about 
the things of the day, what was going on in the world today, and how we were doing as a family. And we were always in connection with one another. But I find nowadays that seems to be missing from society. Absolutely. And that's that's what we're both talking about, is of just that simple uh, ingredient of conscious living of what am I about to partake in, one, what am I about to put in my mouth, and what's my surroundings with, with how I'm going to do that. Absolutely. I um, participated in um, a mindfulness-based stress reduction course a year ago. And part of that was they taught us about conscious eating. And when you think about conscious eating, for many people, you know, they're sitting down and they're just stuffing food down their mouths, not giving any thought to anything. And when we participated in an exercise of conscious eating, I noticed the food, you can actually taste it, the flavor. You know, you're more conscious of what you're eating, breathing, as well as what you're not only putting in your mouth, but where did your food come from? How was the process? How was it handled? And those individuals who were part of that process to bring it to market. You know, the appreciation. Yes. It all, you know what I found out over these years? Everything matters. The things that we don't think mattered or are insignificant, Nisi, are some of the most important relevant, powerful decisions that we will make in our life. And so when we think about, you know, I love that old quote, the mark of wisdom is foreseeing consequences. Think about that. The mark of wisdom is to foresee consequences. Yes. So a great example tonight. You know what? I think I'll I'll not partake in drinking in a half a quart of Jack Daniels and getting in my pickup and getting on (laughs) I-25 and going 100 miles an hour. You know what? That might not be my best move. That's true. Very much so. so. Yeah, that's a pretty extreme example. And when we really start thinking about okay, what's the response or the consequence or the end result? There's many ways to look at it, Nisi, of what I'm about to do. It can be with food, relationships, how we drive. Uh, am I going to eat the Twinkie or am I going to go out for a walk? Am I going to turn on the computer or am I going to pick up a book? Am I going to call my good friend that I need to be calling or am I going to turn on the boob tube? And it goes on and on and on of what we get to create any life we want, period, no exception. And don't let anybody tell you any different. Oh, yeah, but I had a crappy childhood and what, what, what? No. Today is the present point of power. We get to choose what we're going to do today, which creates success for tomorrow. So how do we move? How do we get people to change their thoughts to move to that people to change their thoughts okay people get themselves to change trust me i don't change anyone in all my years of work i don't change anybody i mirror i observe their behavior and i make suggestions at the end of the day it's not michael carmen changing my client it's it's you and i Say I'm working with you, Nisi. At the end of the day, I don't change you. You choose to change. That's true. Now, Michael, so you and trying to change people is like r- trying to hurt a bunch of chickens uphill. It ain't going to work. <laughs> That's true. And you and I have, um, I know, discussed this at great length because I've encountered people whom come to me and they say, Nisi, I need help. I've got chronic pain. You know, I don't like the way I'm feeling. I'm I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And it is a real struggle, Michael, at times, because when you try to provide people the tools and the resources they need to empower themselves to make their own decisions to move forward, they remain stuck. And the first thing, not all, but many will say is, you don't understand. Like you said, my life was this, my life is this, or I'm just stuck. And what do you say to those people? 
The present point of power is now, and it's a choice. Are you willing to heal? That's a yes-no question. Before that says it all. Before in my door, on the phone, we're doing this. Are you willing to heal? So let's say you're the client. Uh, Nisi, you, you want to, I, I noticed I got a little email from you, and I appreciate the follow-up message. Uh, let me just ask you a quick question before we set the appointment. Are you willing to heal, Nisi? Yes. And And tell me a little bit about that. That's what I say to those people, Nisi. Okay, so let's have another conversation where ask me that question again. Are you willing to heal, Nisi? I think so. I'm not really sure. What does that mean? That means a no. That's a no because I think so versus yes. You see the the wiggliness, the unsurety, the lack of decisiveness in I think so. That's like me saying, do you want apple pie or chocolate cake? Well, that's fair. You know, you're going to pick one of them, but you're not going to say, I think so. True. See what I mean? So getting clarity is extremely important on a healing journey. So why is it people, not all, but those that are dealing with this, why do you feel they're struggling with getting clarity? Because when I use myself as an example, healing is very vital for me because my quality of life, I mean, I don't want to remain the same. So, for example, how I may have started out 2017, I've already set my intention that that's not how I am going to end this year. And it's not how I am going to start 2018. And I've had this discussion with many people and I've shared with them my thoughts about it. And one of the things, Michael, that I said to them was, you know, sometimes pain serves a purpose. And they became very angry with me. And I said to them, well, I said, sometimes for various reasons, people are not ready to let go of it because it may serve a purpose in their life for many things. You know, it could be something as simple as this person hurt me many, many, many years ago. I don't want to let them off the hook for it. So I can't move for it because not until they acknowledge my pain. Well, if they never acknowledge it, then to me, that means you're going to be forever stuck and in the past. And many have disagreed with me and said, oh, Nisi, that sounds really cruel. Why would you say that? Because it's truth. And you're exactly right. Here's the deal, Nisi. In Eden Energy Medicine, we learn many, many things. It's the best two years of my life that I've ever spent in that intensive two-year learning about our bodies and health and how we are indeed hardwired for wellness and how we can indeed support our energetic bodies daily with one one particular thing is the uh, five-minute Eden energy routine. There's a, there's a uh, thing in our body called triple warmer. Yes. And triple warmer is the keeper of habits, Nisi. And, you know, we all have habits, and some of them are really great, and some of them not so much. And so triple warmer is that mechanism that's in charge of fight, flight, or freeze. And it's also in charge, as I just mentioned, of habits, routines. And so let's say I'm a smoker, which I am not, and I decide, you know what, I've I've had enough uh, nicotine, and I would like to cut this out. I've seen all these people around me die of various kinds of cancer and uh, lack of quality of life. I'm going to Cut this habit. Triple warmer goes crazy, Nisi. The same thing happens with things you and I are talking about right now that choosing to, to heal. Because as you know, it takes change. And triple warmer is the keeper of no change or habit. Habitual yes. behavior. So once we engage and reprogram triple warmer, guess what? It's downhill and shady. Again, healing is not complicated. It's very simple. We just need to have the tools. 
in our healing toolbox to get it done. That sounds so good, Michael. Hold that thought. We're going to go on a brief break and we will return. Welcome back to the Pain-Free Zone. Here's Nisi Edwards. Welcome back. This is Nisi Edwards. I'm your host, and we have with us today Michael Carmen. We're having a wonderful conversation about conscious language and healing, integrity, and the agreements that we make. So, Michael, I, I love what you just said right before the break, and I would like to expand a little bit more on that because I really want people to understand this, that, you know, we have the power to change. Of course. Now, we have the power to exchange, uh, to change and to heal and not only just survive, but thrive. Yes. There's a big difference of mediocrity of, oh, you know, one of the things that just gets me is uh, I have my symptoms under control. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm feeling, uh, you know, not, not really up to par, but you know, uh, for what I have, you know, with the diagnosis I have, you know, I'm doing pretty darn good. Uh, you know, you hear this stuff all the time. Oh no, I can't, I can't possibly do that because I have to take my medication at three and no, I, you know, well, it goes on and on and on and on and on unconscious language that, in fact, defends and protects our lack of thriving. There's something inherently wrong with that. Yes, it is. It is. And I can relate to everything that you said thus far, because when you and I met uh, a few years back, you know my situation, and um, I was in a very, very bad space. I had a lot of anger. And the one thing that I've carried forward with me that has helped me move from pain to wellness is the agreements, the intentions, um, you know, uh, our language. Because I learned from working with you that all that anger that I was holding inside, it wasn't hurting the people that had hurt me. It was hurting myself. Yes. And I wasn't going anywhere. I was the problem. I was responsible for my own pain because I wasn't doing myself any justice. I was making matters worse for myself. So that's why I really love this topic of conscious language and healing integrity and agreements because many people don't realize the vital importance of this, and they'll just, you know, poo-poo it away and say, oh, there's no such thing, there's no such thing. But I'm reminded of it because when you think about it, when you get angry, and if you don't release it, it's got to go somewhere. And I know from my experience, it went inside me, and I'm going to tell you, it led to one problem after another. And when you go to the doctor, they're going to give you, a medication or something for the one problem and something for something else and something for something else. And I just got to the point where I said, you know, this is not working. This is not working for me. So if what I was doing wasn't working for me any longer, that means I've got to change it. I can't stay there anymore. And it's very frustrating for me because there are so many people that I really want to get this and to understand this, but they still are holding on to it, thinking that it's going to serve them. I've heard many women say, where my husband or my significant other has mistreated me, that I just can't let it go. I just can't forgive. Or it's the job, or it's this, or it's that. And I tell them all the time, those people are moved on with their life. You need to move forward. And you can't move forward if you're stuck in the past. Think about the language the things that you're saying to yourself. Because oftentimes it's not positive. Exactly. And, and again, everything, everything is a choice. And every choice, moment by moment, creates 
our experience or our reality. And people, some people very close to that, oh, that's that New Age woo-woo stuff. There's nothing New Age about it. No, it isn't. The shamans and the Karenderos of a thousand years ago understood it beautifully. And who was the most respected person in the tribe, in the community? The shaman. Mm -hmm. When the little kids got sick, who did they go to? When there was a marriage, who did they go to? When someone died, who did they go to? They yes. went to the shaman or the Karendiro for wisdom, counsel, and healing. And shamans, one of, that's one of the reasons that uh, I took up the work uh, and followed a shamanic path in part was because they were the first energy workers. They were the first energy workers. How could a shaman on a broken leg, hold her hand on the broken leg, and boom, it was in instantaneously healed. Yes. I think people are now afraid of what they that, don't that's know. Light, that, yeah, that's a light worker kicked up a notch, in my opinion. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, so, that, so that's what we're talking about is energy, our language is energy, our food is energy, the people that were in contact, uh, like you said, that beautiful meeting after your church, uh, your church gatherings, and all that beautiful energy. You yes. look forward to it. Absolutely. And, you know, for people out there who are listening, whom are saying, oh, I don't get it. The best way to describe it is, think about how many times you walked into a room. You didn't know what was going on, but you can feel it. And you would say to yourself, mm, something don't feel right up in here, you know, and you just can't wait to get out of the place versus times you've gone someplace and you feel so uplifted. You know, you're like, oh, I had a really great time. Um, This is contagious. I I, I want to stay here. It That's makes right. it it That's makes right. a difference, doesn't it? A big difference. It, you know, I run an Airbnb uh business out of my home and in fact I just have had guests leave uh, this morning and what I have found out is once people arrive here this is a great problem to have they don't want to leave <laughs> the energy here is so healing so wonderful and trust me the horses help the wide open spaces help the view of the big horns and the crazy woman canyon help and by the way that crazy woman canyon was not named after me and all of the <laughs> Great food and the energy. My home is clean. All of it. They do not want to leave. They get. They take a big, several breaths of fresh air, and it's a wonderful observation that I've made with folks that are just needing healing and retreat and rejuvenation on many, many levels. Yes, vitally important in order to survive. Not only survive, forget surviving, let's kick it up to thriving. Yes, absolutely, thriving, because that's what it's all about. We want to thrive. That's, that's it. It's about thriving. It, when we go back to, okay, A, we are hardwired for wellness. Well, if that's true, all we have to do is just support that hardwired for wellness, which is we are energetic beings, and so we have to address our bodies energetically with movement, with food, with eating energy medicine, acupuncture, uh, Reiki. There's a million different modalities. It's no longer alternative medicine because you're exactly right. Western medicine is great to a point, especially on traumatic things. Yes. But to keep us well, to keep us healthy, that's your job Every day, and that's my job. After we hang up, I've already got my running tights on. My running shoes are sitting out in the sun. My dog Woodrow's wagging his tail. He's ready to go, and we'll go on our little 35-minute jog out in the sunshine. That's part of my health assurance regimen. So, Michael, for people whom this is all new to them, yes. Tell them perhaps maybe one or two things they can do just to get started. Sit down, get a piece of paper, and write down the sentence. 
And here's the sentence. Am I, and your name, let's say Susan, am I, Susan, willing to heal? With a little question mark. You got the pen or the pencil and the paper. And on that piece of paper, I urge folks to write down yes. And I, and I don't want you to lie, but I urge you to think about saying yes to that question because it's well worth it, folks. Yes. And then after you've written yes, after you've made that beautiful, courageous decision, take a baby step to heal. Go out for a walk. Journal that walk. Go to the grocery store and buy some organic fruits and veggies. Go buy a book about healthy eating and living, conscious living. Just those things today will get you on the step. This evening, you're going to journal. You may go for another walk or light a fire or call a friend or, or go out for coffee or tea or a glass of wine. Those little things, day by day, compound. Get on YouTube and look up Donna Eden and the five-minute energy routine and do those, as Donna says, deceptively simple things that will change your life. Get the energy moving, in other words. Support your body energetically. That's what I would say to those folks. Thank you for sharing that. And you mentioned something that um, stood out for me journaling. Yes. I remember uh, I had started actually two journals and when I was working on a new journal I came across some notes that I had jotted down from a, uh, back in 2012. They were so raw. I mean, you know, because when I'm journaling, I'm not thinking about, okay, let me choose my words, you know, correctly or whatever. It's about this is where I'm at. This is the space I'm in. Let it out. Yes. And I did that. And I, when I read it, I says, wow, I don't recognize her anymore. And then I realized just how far I had come since that point yeah. in time in my life. And for me, that was healing because it showed me that yeah. I had moved forward, that I was no longer that individual who was in that much pain. You bet. Yeah. And that, that you just named it. You hit the proverbial nail on the head. When we, there's also things that happen in the left brain, right brain. When we put pen to paper, our clarity expands. And then we have a, just as you said, a written record of, oh my gosh, look at just how far I've come in the progress. And that's what life is all about. Progress, effective living, conscious living. Uh, kicking it up a notch, raising the bar for our individual, personal, and professional self. Yes, it is. And, Michael, hold that thought. We have to go to another break, but I would like to continue the discussion when we return. Now, let's get back to the pain-free zone. Here's Nisi Edwards. This is Nisi Edwards, and we're back from break, continuing our conversation with Michael Carmen. Um, Michael, when we were speaking of the journaling, you had taught me something else about that piece, and it was about when you write it down. I, I think we were discussing uh, years past about burning it, uh, burying it, and can you share with the audience what that all represents? Yes, of course. It's always helpful when you've got that piece of paper and you've decided to heal to write down on another piece of paper those things that you've outgrown. They could be a toxic, abusive relationship. It could be the Twinkie or the cigarettes. It could be uh, a myriad of things, the shopping addiction. And write down those things, and if you feel like just picking just a couple of things out to release, write those things down and have a heartfelt conversation with those things that you're about to say goodbye to. Because I just said goodbye to my guest. We waved so long. Okay? 
Okay. I know they're coming back because they're not toxic. However, there's some things I want to wave to that I am not willing to experience their return, i.e., let's say, the nicotine. Okay. I'm saying goodbye. In fact, I just did this uh, with a client, a 65-year-old smoker. And so I had him write down his relationship with cigarettes over the years, and then he actually wanted to light a fire and burn up a pack of cigarettes and tear up a few to really get in his subconscious mind what he was saying goodbye to. So that's what uh, I find it very, very helpful because it's a reinforcer of, you know what, I'm not willing to do this anymore. Yes. And I am moving forward, and until I can move forward, it's just like cleaning your house. You, you know, there's rugs on the floor. You wouldn't think about not sweeping and, and taking that rug up and taking it out and shaking it and really sweeping and mopping under where the rug was. Truly. And if you do that, think about the, the stuff. We do that in our lives, We you know. We try to take shortcuts, and it comes back around and bites us in the you-know-what. Oh, that's a good one. I, I know about those shortcuts. You know, uh, sometimes we take shortcuts in the hopes it's going to help us to avoid a painful situation, only to go round and round right back to where you started from. And there are no that's shortcuts it. in life. No, and... and uh you know, when we really get clear, again, that clarity, when we're writing it down and when we're getting very, very focused on what we are willing to release, what we're choosing consciously to release and let go of, say goodbye, no more experience. It could be 40 pounds. Yes. It could be 40 pounds. Three years ago, I was in that situation with 30 pounds. And I, and I was in a very stressful situation, in a work situation on the East Coast, and I was trying to put a, a round peg into a square hole, and it wasn't working, and I knew it wasn't working. And so I said, had to say, you know what? This isn't working. I've always been self-employed, and I was and I was trying to work for a governmental agency. Well, you could, we've got jokes from now forever on that. <laughs> you know that. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Uh, you know, my mules were behaving smarter than I was. <laughs> so I set everybody down and I said, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore because you people can't get it together. I had it together two months ago. You wanted to make money and you have thrown up roadblocks and obstacles in every way for me to fix this. And so guess what? I'm not going to stay stuck with the rest of you folks. And I got in my truck and I headed west. And I dropped 30 pounds like a stone. That sounds very liberating, and you just dropped the stress as well. Woo! I, I, I dropped all those dysfunctional, toxic relationships, you know, the board meeting. Yes. Uh, and, you know, and that's the thing, you know, I'm changing the subject a little bit, but leadership are, are groups of people, of healed people. Carolyn Mace says a great thing. Folks, if you're tuning in today, go listen to Carolyn Mace, M-Y-S-S, do a TED Talk on choices and leading an integrous life. And so what does leadership mean? What does that look like? What does it feel like? And so we can be leaders in our own personal lives. Say we're raising three kids. We're a homemaker. One of the most powerful jobs, if not the most powerful job on the planet, is that of raising children and young ones and being a mentor, showing them what leadership's about. Yes. Think about it. I remember my mother sitting us kids down when, when uh, they got a divorce and said, kids, it was me and Dennis and Daryl. I had twin brothers. I can't do it alone. And so when she walked in after a 12-hour day, supper was on the table, 
After supper was eaten and dishes were done, we sat down and did our homework. On Saturday, we stripped the house from stem to stern, cleaned it. On Sunday, we went to church and a Sunday drive. Monday, we started all over again. Absolutely. She was an impeccable leader. And I thank my mother every day for the mentoring that she gave me. You know? Uh, yes. So at seven, eight, nine years of age, I'm hauling beets for 22 bucks an acre, fixing supper, cleaning the house, taking care of my little brothers, saddling the horse, going hunting with my father. It was a grand life, changing flat tires, changing my oil. So then when I got to be 15, boy, I had it together. When I got to be 18 and I entered college, I was about 14 steps ahead of everybody else. Yes, those experiences shaped you. And that education. Yes. You want to change your oil? Here you go. You want to change your tire? Here's the here's the jack. I stopped by and helped 50-year-old men almost on a weekly basis because they don't know how to change their tire, let alone change their lives. Those were wonderful experiences. Absolutely. That's it. Yes. That's it. Yes. They helped prepare you and shaped you. That's right. Now, one thing that I, uh, I want to ask you about, um, too, is uh, I know uh, that you, when I when we first connected, I think you were also balancing time uh, in the Andes of Colombia, South America, somewhere in Peru, if I'm not mistaken. That's true. What were those experiences like? Oh, my gosh. One, uh, I love South America, and, and I've spent more time in Colombia than Peru. I'm going back to Peru. But Colombians, uh, one, are in love with great food and their environment. They adore clean air and fresh water and clean water. And uh, it was remarkable to be there and listen to these people speak of the beautiful flower or the trees and 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 how they, in future generations, what must happen for that. The number one export of Colombia is flowers. And so it's wonderful to be in a culture that they know where the flowers come from. They come from the planet. Yes. And so they're very engaged with taking care of their environment. You know, you remember the days, oh, you are one of those... Those damn environmentalists. I just kind of giggle. I said, yeah, that's where I live. I live in the environment, whether it's in my kitchen or my living room or I walk outside my pasture. That's all environment or in my pickup truck. That's the environment. That's where I live. Why would I trash what I live in? Absolutely. Well, I mean, that doesn't even make sense. Right. <laughs> and I'm, I have one of those silly habits of I like things to make sense. Uh, I like the wisdom path of, oh, gee, if, if I screw up my food source, that means I'm going to get hungry. And Well, you know what, Nisi? I like to eat too damn much. <laughs> so being in Colombia was absolutely beautiful with all this beautiful food and beautiful flowers and beautiful people. I've never seen a people work, as, and I grew up in Wyoming, where we can work. Uh, and so working along those people, I like to cut wood and I... I uh, had a chainsaw down there, and I was cutting wood uh, so I could have fair exchange for my meals. And uh, I became good friends with two two beautiful young men, Chucho and Beto. And, of course, they spoke Spanish, and I speak English, and so I did this Espanol charade. And <laughs> I, I love these two men dearly. But that's what it was like of um, this beautiful generosity of spirit uh, with Colombians and, and uh, uh, and then I went to Peru and met some more people and, and uh, just just beautiful. I'm talking about that simple simplicity of life. Um, and they're they're very everybody's driving a new car and and everybody's got a cell phone or a smartphone and you know the deal, Nisi. Yes, yes, I do. I totally understand. Um, one thing that uh, I did want to ask you about is the agreements we each make and yes. and choose, because I think that that is so important. And uh, I would like you to share more 
about that because I feel that we make agreements consciously as well as unconsciously. Yes. It's a very important point and a, a, a very important aspect of conscious living, of back again to what am I about to do. What, or another way to say it, Nisi, is what am I about to agree to? If we go back to my example of drinking a fifth of Jack, getting in the truck, and driving 80 miles an hour, I'm about to agree to a couple of different things. The DUI, mm-hmm. killing myself or others. Yes. Uh, uh, wrecking my truck and, and being paralyzed for the rest of my life. Those are agreements I'm about to make. Versus another agreement, I, you know what, I'm going to stay home and and make a nice fire and read a good book and cook my meal on the wood burning stove. I'm agreeing to something else, a more peaceful evening, a safer evening, one that doesn't endanger myself or others. Everything, when we go back to everything matters, what am I about to agree to? Am I a if I'm, am I going to take the Twinkie or the jelly donut and a, agree to toxicity of sugar, putting putting my adrenals and cortisol levels at risk? I'm agreeing to that when I do that. That's true. Don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. When I if I get up, oh, you know what? I, I don't. I'm going to agree to gaining a little weight by not exercising. That's an, we've agreed to the weight. Because we didn't put on the shoes or go to the gym, whatever our mode of that aspect of our health insurance is. Mm. So we make agreements, our relationships. We teach people how to treat us. So you walk in the door, the significant other goes, where the hell have you been? Pardon me? (laughs) Versus, here's a glass of wine, honey. How was your day? Tell me about your day. (laughs) Big difference, right? (laughs) <laughs> big difference yes you know uh so when we when we project self-respect when we love ourselves we don't put up with any of that stuff of where the hell have you been mm, hold that thought we're going to go to our next break and when we return i would like to continue that because i have some additional questions for you You're listening to the Pain-Free Zone on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Nisi Edwards. Welcome back. We are talking with my guest, Michael Carmen, on conscious language and agreements. Uh, so, Michael, when you were discussing about welcome home, honey, you know, the, the language and how we greet one another, these agreements, would you would they also be considered um, soul agreements? No, that's that's another topic. That's another topic. Okay. The the relationship, and I know where you're going with this. The relationship may be a soul agreement. Okay. Our day to day dialogue is about consciousness. Okay. So, um, what has come to my mind is. In this area of chronic pain. So let's say that there is um, someone whom, no, that won't fit this scenario, but where I was going with it is the agreements that we make with ourselves. So um, would this be appropriate? Someone who makes an agreement with themselves that states, no matter what the doctor says, I am healed. I am focused on my healing. I want to be well. Because oftentimes I'm dealing with a lot of women who have state, stated to me, uh, Nisi, this is what the doctor said, and you're telling me to remain positive and to focus on my healing, and you don't understand. This is what the doctor says. It's over for me. And I always tell them no. You have to be in alignment with yourself that you 
are going to be healed. You are healed. You are moving forward. Well, think about this. One, if your doctor is fighting you on healing, is it really, is that, one, is it honest? Think about that. Yes. Is it honest? No, no, you're not going to heal. No, do you really want to be, you want to pay somebody good money to hex you, to medically hex you? This is Larry Dossie's term that he coined 25 years ago in his book, Healing Words. And he said, as a physician, we medically hex people. Yes. Through the diagnosis. Go, Go home, just like they told Donna Eden who's diagnosed with MS, fibromyalgia, you name it. She had it. Get your affairs in order and go home and die. She just returned from England and France and Romania, doing great. She's vital. She can outwork you and I on our best day, Nisi. <laughs> she didn't buy the diagnosis. So when when we're listening to that stuff, you've got to say, do you, do you really want a, and I use the term loosely, physician that keeps medically hexing you? Or do you want somebody that just said what you told me? You can heal. You yes. Can heal. You can do this. Here's the toolbox. Yes. Absolutely. I, you know, it's so simple. It's not, it's not complicated. We, to go back to the topic of the show, healing is not complicated. No, it's not. Physicians, I use the term loosely, love to keep it that way because of a couple of things. It keeps the client in the dark and it keeps their money coming in. That's true. <laughs> definitely. It's definitely not, true. A cash flow for them. <laughs> oh, you, how many times we are, oh, you have to take this medication for the rest of your life. Really? Really? You really, that's all you got for me? Not much. I've got to take it. And, and then they say, it may or may not work. But you got to take it for the rest of your life. Don't you, I, I can, I have no tolerance for people to speak out of both sides of their mouth. The other word for that is, Lying. That's yes. A lie. And the two don't go together. Because like no, you said, if, you, if you're going to hex me, that's that's negative energy there. You think? Yeah, very, very much so. And, and there is no integrity with that. And that should be an agreement that we all should say, I'm not going to receive. I'm not going to make that. And I'm not going to accept that. That's it. And that's the, you just nailed it. That acceptance. What do we choose to accept and what do we choose to reject or say goodbye to or release? That, you know, that is an excellent point. It it is very simple. And like you said, healing does not have to be complicated, but we make it complicated because we feel that. Yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah, and our culture is that there's, there's this, there's this specialist and there's this specialist. And there's this specialist, and don't get me wrong, some of these folks are amazing. They're beautiful. There are some great healing professionals out there that happen to have MD behind them. Uh, Alejandro Younger, who wrote the book Clean, uh, Norm Sheely, Larry Dossie, Deepak Chopra, David Perlmutter, on and on and on. Beautiful people doing things. Uh, healing cancers in the New York Minute with food. Absolutely, you know? yes. Yeah, it's it's happy. So they're they're not all idiots, uh, and you know, and a lot of these guys they just don't know. Over the years, I've I've made a grand living just simply from referrals from medical doctors because you know somebody comes in suicidal and they give them a an antidepressant, mm. and the person gets worse. Yes, very true. And they have no idea on how to heal, how to heal people. True. Many times. Just and like so, when it's not antidepressants, you know, it's just like um, with all of the opioids, you know. That's it. That's it. And so we have to look, again, we go back to, very simple, the body's hardwired for wellness. All I have to do is just support it daily. Well, that's easy. It I'm is gonna easy. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat organic foods, and I'm going to think good thoughts, and I'm going to choose a life for me that resonates with me, and I'm going to surround myself with nice, healthy, honest people. Yes, and I would like to add one to that list, and that is also to listen to your body, 
tell you what it needs when it comes down to, for example, food. When you gave the example of the Twinkie, you know, if you listen to your body, you know, it will let you know certain fruits and vegetables that your body needs for healing. Absolutely. And with Eden Energy Medicine, you can also substance test foods. Yes. And, and there's protocols for doing that. You can, We can literally put a food in front of our solar plexus, which is in the area of our belly button, and stand silently with our eyes closed, and the body will either tilt forward towards the food or away. Obviously, tipping towards the food, it resonates with the body. Tipping backwards, not so much. If you don't, it's a neutral. If you just stand still, neither tipping forward or backwards, it's neutral. So I prefer to eat foods that I'm tipping forward towards resonance uh, energetically for foods I'm about to eat, Nisi. Yes, and Michael, this is has been this conversation has been so very much enlightening. Um, the conscious language, the healing integrity, and the agreements. We each make and choose, and it's all about energies. We're almost out of time, but I would like to give you the last word to share with our listeners how they may get in contact with you. My name is Michael Carmen, folks, and I, I, uh, I'm old school. You can call me at 307-277-1235, and uh, we'll visit. I'm not even going to give you my, my email. I'm old school. I like to talk on the phone, hear your voice. You can hear mine. Uh, it, it, it's old school about building relationships. So, again, my number is 307-277-1235. I look forward to hearing from you folks. Thank you, Michael. And I look forward to our upcoming retreat. And Thank I would you. like to invite you, so you back again as we get closer to that, you know, with the date and the details. You bet. I'd love to, Nisi. It's been my pleasure this morning. Thank you so much, Michael. It's been a pleasure as well as always. Thank you so much. Best regards. Same here. We've been speaking today with Michael Carmen, psychotherapist, certified Eden Energy practitioner and instructor of Eden Energy Medicine classes and the author of Create Energy, Co-Creating Your Life with Conscience, Intention, Balance, and Simplicity. This is Nisi Edwards. Thank you.